This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown. Middletown, wow. How about Hayesville, North Carolina? <laughs> Welcome. Man, I tell you what, that's not a great start to the Wednesday morning. We are having some uh, internet issues this morning, as we do out here in the middle of the stick. So uh, I hope that you'll hang with us and. Uh, the show will go on uh, fairly smoothly. Uh, we're having some issues with connecting on Facebook this morning. Uh, again, it's uh, you know there's not a lot I can do, unfortunately, um, about the uh, internet. But we're we're going to do our best. Uh, God, I can't wait for Elon Musk. I can't believe I'm saying that, uh, but uh, we are dying uh, for Starlink down here. You know, real world problems. You know, I was funny. I was talking to my wife last night. Um, and, uh, there was a, a, a conversation on the Boston Red Sox game the other night. Uh, Manny Ramirez was there and, uh, he was talking to Kevin Millar in the booth and they were talking about how in the old days, and here we go, something like to get off my lawn guy, but in the old days, how after games guys would go out, you know, together and, uh, they would, uh, uh, you know, go and uh, out to dinner, out for drinks, whatever. They, there was some camaraderie. And now how in uh, 2022 or, you know, not just 2022, but the last several years, guys, you know, just want to stay in their, their hotel rooms and play video games. So you don't have the camaraderie uh, necessarily with players today that you had uh, back 20 years ago even, you know, where guys would go out. And then right after that, or, or last night, I, actually it was, I, I was on Twitter during the Red Sox game. You know, I always like to find out what people are saying because it's, it's humorous. Um, but there was a, a guy that was tweeting out, and he said, um, my internet is down, and I don't know what to do. I'm 26 years old. And it's funny, but that is where we are at today. We have become so dependent on the Internet and on our phones and everything that if we don't have it, we don't know what the hell to do. I mean, I'm trying to do a radio show on the Internet, and with this crappy Internet, I don't know what to do half the time. Um, but, you know, you got people that sit at home, and if their Internet goes down, it's like there's a crisis. You got, God forbid somebody pick up a book. You know what I mean? That's kind of where we're. That's kind of where we're at today. Uh, you know, it, it's sad, and and I find myself. I'm just as guilty. You know, not just with the radio show, but you know, I like to be on the internet when the games are going on and and follow social media and follow what people are saying. So I, you know, we'll have something to talk about on the show the next day. You know, this. So uh, you know, if I don't have it, it's like I, I'm lost, absolutely lost. <laughs> so anyway, I'm dying. For some Starlink down here and uh, Elon Musk to bail out 
uh, those of us down here in the sticks of uh, western or southwestern North Carolina. Uh, anyway, uh, lots to get to this morning. Uh, uh, plenty of baseball last night. Uh, but I want to start the show this morning um, with a uh, NFL retirement again. Rob Gronkowski announced uh, last night that uh, he is going to retire for the second time. That he has decided that uh, he's had enough and that after 11 NFL seasons, he is going to uh, hang it up. He said uh, he's going back to what he calls uh, chilling out. So, I mean, I guess good for him. And you know what? If you're Rob Gronkowski and uh, you've made the money and you've done everything you have in your career, look, the guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no no doubt about it. You know, I mean, he is a he, he is he is a Hall of Fame character. I'll tell you that. Uh, but he is going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, he retires with 621 catches for almost 9,300 yards, 9,200 touch or 92 touchdowns in a regular season, 15 touchdowns in the postseason, and almost 1,400 yards receiving in the postseason. I mean, he's done things uh, that most tight ends don't do. And of course, he was on you know that Patriot dynasty, and then comes out of retirement. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, look, uh, you can't blame him. Now, Tampa, um, you know, they were hoping that he would come back for another season. They were prepared. He wasn't going to, however, uh, they drafted a couple of tight ends this year, uh, Kate Otten and co cleft. So uh, they also have uh, Cameron Brait, uh, a veteran tight end who was there. So they've got options. Obviously, none of those options are going to be as good as Rob Gronkowski. But, you know, and and uh, Drew Rosenhaus, who is Gronk's agent, actually said, look, don't be surprised if at some point during the season, if things aren't going well, that Brady calls him and uh, Gronk talks him out or uh, Brady talks him out of retirement at some, t- at some point during the season. I guess that's going to depend on whether or not uh, the Bucks are uh, being are successful. Uh, maybe an injury, or maybe they're just their tight ends are puking it up. And Brady says, "Look, dude, we're we're you away from uh, another run of the Super Bowl. Come on back. I know you know there's only there's only nine games left. Come on, you can do it." So wouldn't shock me at all. Wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, other NFL news yesterday, although it's not it's it's kind of NFL news, I guess, but it's kind of a f- lawsuit news. Uh, Deshaun Watson, the uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback in waiting, we think, because he is going to get suspended at some point. But uh, he settled 20 of the 24 civil lawsuits brought against him uh, by women who were uh, massage therapists that uh, accused him of inappropriate conduct. Um, So there's still four of them out there, but uh, this guy named uh, Tony Busby, who represents all 24 of those women, uh, said that uh, that they've been settled. He said that the terms of the settlement are confidential, so nobody is going to know how much Deshaun Watson had to pay these women to uh, to go away. Um, but there's still four of them pending, and the NFL was quick to say, look, uh, this has no impact on whether or not uh, Deshaun Watson is going to get suspended. You know, it doesn't give it doesn't give him a pass just because he settled these lawsuits. 
So let's understand that right off the top. So the, the the likelihood that Deshaun Watson is going to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this year, uh, slim and none, and slim left town. You know, uh, there. I mean, I guess there's always a chance, but uh, it sounds like the NFL office, after doing their own investigation, is working with the players' association to try to figure out. Um, what they will buy, so to speak, without this becoming a mess. You know, reports are that the NFL wants to suspend them for a year. And look, innocent till proven guilty, I get that. I get there were no tr- criminal charges brought against him, but there are all these civil lawsuits and he settled them out of court. And I know sometimes you have to settle things out of court to try to make things go away. I get that. Um, even if you feel you may not be guilty. And Deshaun Watson has said from the very beginning that uh, he wants to clear his name. But it doesn't help when you settle things out of out of court, uh, or, you know, out of, a, out of a civil lawsuit. It doesn't look good. Um, now, the Browns uh, gave him a five-year guaranteed contract. Now, it'll be interesting if the uh, NFL suspends him, if they suspend him without pay, that would be great for the Browns because then they're off the hook. Uh, for the year, and then it becomes a four-year guaranteed contract. Um, and, you know, look, the owners of the Cleveland Browns have faced, the Haslam brothers have faced a lot of criticism about this. But they said they were comfortable with the signing after doing their own investigation I have and, and meeting with Watson. I have, a, I have a hard time understanding that, but it is what it is. Uh, but they did sign Jacoby Brissett as a backup. As we know, Baker Mayfield is still technically a member of the Cleveland Browns, but I imagine they're going to cut him loose. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. but um, uh, So Jacoby Brissett will probably be the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns this year. Um, I, they have to suspend him. So the fact that he settled the lawsuits, I mean, great for him, I guess. You know, I'm sure he settled for less than he thought that or that his attorney thought that they were going to have to pay if it went to a trial. He still got four of them out there, but he's just trying to eliminate as much noise around him, I think, as he can, which is wise. You know, maybe hoping that by settling them out of court, the NFL will show a little leniency. I wouldn't count on that especially considering what else is going on in the NFL is that, you know, we've got the Congress opening up an investigation about uh, sexual harassment and, and workplace problems around the NFL. Of course, a lot of that has been you know brought about by the Washington uh, Redskins slash commanders and what went on there with Daniel Snyder as the owner. But Congress is going to be investigating the NFL's workplace practices. Do you think during what in the middle of that, Roger Goodell and the NFL is going to want to take it easy on a guy like Deshaun Watson who has been accused of sexual harassment or sexual misconduct? I don't think so. I think it makes it more likely that he's going to get a full-year suspension. Perhaps I'm wrong, but uh, I, I think that I think the NFL has to come down hard on him simply for no other reason. And, and for no other reason than appearances, if if nothing else, I shouldn't say for you know if nothing else for appearances, you know. Uh, and look again, innocent till proven guilty. I know there's no uh, uh, 
legal case. It's a civil case against him now. I get all that. But here's the deal. 24 women, there's that old adage where there's smoke, there's fire. There's no way in hell that 24 women are all lying or, uh, or, or you know, are embellishing that much. There has to be something there. Whether there's a criminal case or not, there's something there for 24 women. I mean, I suppose this guy, Tony Busby, could, could say, hey, this is a great chance for everybody to get a payday, including me. But I doubt it. So I think the NFL whacks them for a year, uh, despite the fact that these uh, charges uh, have, uh, or the civil cases at least, have gone away uh, for Deshaun Watson with the exception of four, and we'll see whether... Uh, you know, the other four may be holding out for more money. Who knows? I don't know. But I still think Deshaun Watson uh, probably does not play a snap for the Cleveland Browns this year. You know, maybe he gets less, but I, you know, there's just way too much here. So we shall see. All right, let's get to baseball last night. Hey, how about those Boston Red Sox? They win again. They win yet another series. They beat the Detroit Tigers yesterday 5-4. It was another adventure in the ninth inning, I think the Red Sox, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with them, but it seems like they don't like the ninth inning very much. <laughs> you know, they don't like ninth inning leads. Uh, this has happened, it happened twice against the Cardinals, and then it happened again uh, last night. You know, they bring in Matt Strom in the ninth inning with a 5-3 lead, and what does Matt Strom do? He proceeds to give up a bomb. You know, and now it's five four, and now you're now the pucker factor goes up. But having said that, they get the victory. Uh, it is the continuation of an incredible run for the Red Sox. Uh, they are fifteen and four in June. Fifteen and four in June. They are now a half a game behind the Toronto Blue Jays for second place in the American League East. Half a game ahead of Tampa. Um, Detroit going the opposite way. They've lost 8 of 10. But, I mean, look, the Red Sox have been absolutely on fire. You know, think about this. You know, at one point they were, what, 10 and 19, right? And after they were 10 and 19, Alex Cora says, uh, you know, we got to win the next series. And, you know, and, and Alex Cora shaved his beard. Thank God. Since doing that, since in the 13 series since that conversation and the beard shaving, they are 10-1-2. and 10-1-2 in their last 13 series. Pretty impressive. You know, now look, they've got Detroit again today. They've already won this series. The finale is today. Um, then they have a tough one over the weekend. They have to play the Cleveland Guardians. And uh, the Cleveland Guardians are probably as hot, if not hotter, than the Red Sox are right now. You know, and Red Sox aren't concerned about the New York Yankees right now. The time to be concerned about the Yankees will be coming up uh, in about 10 days when the Red Sox will have, I think, if I, if I heard this correctly, it's like 14 straight games against nobody but the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. So the Red Sox fate in terms of the American League East will be coming up very shortly. Whether or not, you know, could it determine their playoff fate? I guess. Look, if they play the Yankees seven times and they lose seven times, uh, you know, they may find themselves out of a wild card spot as well. 
But, you know, their biggest stretch of the season is coming up. Uh, and it starts with that Cleveland Guardians series this weekend. I mean, the good news is they're at home. And then they got to play the Blue Jays, by the way, before they get to that, that uh, stretch against the Yankees and the Rays. They've got um, – Excuse me, they're on the road at Cleveland for three and then at Toronto for three. Those are huge games. Those are, you know, you know, it's been great being able to play the Athletics and the Mariners and the Angels and the Tigers. It's been great, right? But now it's time to play with the big boys again. So they've got that series against the Guardians and then the, the Rays. I mean, excuse me, the Jays. Then they get to go play at the Cubs for three. You would think that'll be another series win, but then the series then it starts on the fourth of July. They have seven straight home games. The first three are against the Rays. The next four are against the Yankees. Then they go on the road. They play four at Tampa and three at the Yankees before the All Star break. So we are going to know very quickly where the Red Sox are. And by the way, coming out of the All Star break, there's no there's no picnic there. Now the good news is that you start after the All-Star break with a 10-game homestand. But that 10-game homestand, the Blue Jays, the Guardians, and the Milwaukee Brewers. So the Red Sox schedule for the next month after they get past this series with the Tigers is brutal. Absolutely brutal. So we're going to know... We'll probably not. We're going to know by the end of July whether we're going to be too excited about Red Sox baseball in August. And I think there's plenty of reasons to think that we will still be excited. Look, here's the deal. The Red Sox keep winning despite the fact they've had injuries all over the place, right? Kike Hernandez has been hurt. Garrett Whitlock is hurt. Nathan Avaldi is hurt. They haven't had Josh Taylor all season. They haven't had Chris Sale. They haven't had uh, James Paxton. Uh, it's been one guy after another that's been hurt. You know, Trevor Story couldn't hit a lick, and now all of a sudden he's a hero again. You know, uh, but that, that core of Devers and Bogarts and J.D. Martinez, they have bailed this team out. So they're still winning despite all these guys being down. And Chris Sale's coming back. Chris Sale's doing his rehabs thing now. Uh, he's going to be back probably the first week of July, maybe the second week of July. The question is, do you bring him back on the road or do you wait until after the All-Star break and bring him back? I think, you know, as Kevin Millar said on the broadcast the other day, and by the way, I 100% agree, uh, this guy is your stud. He's supposed to be your ace. Bring him back. If it's, in, if it's in Yankee Stadium, bring him back. Why do you have to baby Chris Sale, you know, coming off a rehab start in the broken ribbon? You don't have to baby him. He's a big boy. He's been around a long time, and I guarantee you he's going to want the ball. He is 100% going to want the ball in Yankee Stadium and say, let's get it done. So the Red Sox will finish their series against the Tigers today. Uh, Michael Walker will take the mound, 5-1. and one. Tarek Skubal will get the start for the uh, the Tigers. He's 5-4, and four, but a very respectable 3-1-3 ERA for the young kid. Um, and the Red Sox are going to have a bit of an uh, altered lineup. It hasn't come out yet, but... Uh, uh, Rafi Devers is going to get today off. Xander Bogarts is scheduled to get today off. And uh, John Schreiber, who has been nails out of the bullpen, who was, I think, his last 
uh, 10 appearances, he has not allowed a run. He's going to get today off. So no Bogarts, no Devers, no Schreiber out of the bullpen. Uh, Jeter Downs, who was just called up the other day, is going to make his Major League debut. Of course, he came over uh, for that trade for Mookie Betts that uh, brought Downs, uh, Connor Wong, and uh, Alex Verdugo to the Red Sox. So uh, Jeter Downs is going to make his appearance today. So there's going to be a lot of pop with no Bogarts uh, and and no Devers in that lineup. So, uh, look, you know, here's the thing. Michael Walker has been great. But they are going to have to, you know, find some ways to manufacture run state. Jaron Duran has been fantastic. I think Jaron Duran, uh, I don't know how the Red Sox are going to work this out, but I think Jaron Duran has earned the opportunity to stay with Boston. He's hitting 303. Uh, his speed has been great. Had another hit last night. Uh, ran down some balls in center field that were, you know, he had to go back quite a ways to get. <clears throat> so I think he's earned it. You know, the problem is, is, you know, Frenchy Cordero has been really good for the Red Sox. He wasn't great last night, but he's been pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, you're not going to send Jackie Bradley Jr. down. So who whose spot is he going to take, you know, when Kike Hernandez comes back? You've also got Christian Arroyo down in the minor leagues getting ready to come back. He was leading off for uh, AAA Worcester last night. So, uh, you know, the problem the Red Sox have now is they've got a lot of guys contributing and not enough room for them. But. You know, uh, Garrett Whitlock, by the way, threw, is going to throw a or threw a simulated game yesterday. He felt good. Uh, they're going to determine what's going on with him with uh, that hip. He seems to be closer to being on the men. Nate Evaldi, however, is not. The, you know, they called it a hip issue. What they've come to determine is it's really more of a lower back issue. There's some impingement going on there. And uh, the thing with uh, Nate Evaldi could last a while. So, which is fine, I guess. You know, I mean, you'd rather take your time with Chris Sale on the horizon coming back. If they, if Winkowski continues to pitch the way he's been hitting uh, or whether he's been pitching, I think the Red Sox can weather that storm. But it looks like Nate Evaldi is a little ways away yet. Kike Hernandez um, is getting closer. You know, and again, with Kike, what do you, you know, here's the thing. Duran has been so good. Kike Hernandez is hitting 209 this year, you know, in 215 plate appearances. But they've won four straight series without him, and Rob Refsnyder uh, and Jaron Duran have been great. So, uh, you know, one of those guys will have to go because they're not going to keep, you know, they're not going to keep Kike down, and, and nor should they. Um, my guess is, is Refsnyder goes down, Duran stays up. I could be wrong. It could be the other way around. Um, but, uh, you know, again, with some, some of these guys coming back, Christian Royal coming back, both Refsnyder and Duran could go down. You know, it, the Red Sox have a lot of decisions to make um, about this roster. But, look, they continue to win. And it's, uh, you know, they're, they're not making it easy in some cases. You know, they get they had those big leads against the Cardinals and puked them up and had to hold on for dear life. But considering the way this season started, if you're a Red Sox fan, you have got to be absolutely elated. I mean, but, again, after reading off that schedule that I just read off to you, it has to be a qualified excitement because they've made hay against the uh, the bad teams. But the next month, whew, with the exception of the, these Tigers and uh, three games against the Cubs, or, you know, good Lord, this this next uh, month is, uh, is the gauntlet for the Boston Red Sox. Their season will be determined in the next 30 days. It's 30 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. 
It is 32 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning, the second day of summer. Uh, the second day of summer, and it's going to be uh, damn near 100 degrees here. Uh, it's supposed to be 100 degrees in Atlanta, which is a couple of hours from here. Uh, they're predicting here in Hayesville uh, about 95 degrees today. It, whew, it's June. We still have the hottest days of the summer to go. Not a good start. It's going to be hot all over the place. Uh, again, especially here in the southeast, uh, check on your elderly uh, relatives. Make sure everybody's okay. Make sure that everybody's air conditioning is working. There was a story last night. It's just horrific. I mean, down here in the Atlanta area, there's like an apartment complex that's been without air conditioning for like the last three weeks. And we've been dealing with, uh, you know, 90s. Uh, and close to 100 degrees for the last three weeks. And it's just, uh, you know, and the problem is, is that, and and I know everybody's going to want to blame Joe Biden for this. And by the way, you can't blame Joe Biden. Everybody wants, wants to blame Joe Biden for everything wrong in this country. It's his fault for the gas prices. It's his fault for the inflation. It's his fault for the uh, supply chain issues. It's all Joe Biden's fault. God, no, it couldn't. None of it could be Donald Trump's fault or none of it could be the fact that, hey, this is just a perfect storm when you think about it. You know, we had the pandemic. It shut down factories for a long time. So that started the shortages. It shut down the supply line because, you know, the factories were shut down. Uh, people were sick. Trucks weren't moving. But, you know, ships weren't moving. And now all of this stuff is backed up. And we're, you know, it's going to take a while. This all occurred, started happening, folks, before Joe Biden was president. It's not his fault. Gas prices are not Joe Biden's fault. You know, uh, he doesn't control the international market. He doesn't control the fact that Russia decided to invade Ukraine and a good portion of the world's oil and gas comes out of Russia. But no, you know, and people are panicked, but it's Joe Biden's fault. It's common sense. You know, it's 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 I it just drives me crazy. You know, and so all this other stuff that's happening, it's all trickle down from the start of the pandemic. And by the way, it's not Donald Trump's fault either. You know, and I've you know, everybody that listens to this show knows that I'm no Donald Trump fan. But this isn't Donald Trump's fan uh, fault either. At the end of the day, this is just a perfect storm. This is a pandemic. It's it's a war that involves one of the major oil producers in the world. You know, there's a there's a saying that, you know, that I say to my kids all the time, stuff happens or, you know, as as you might say, shit happens. It does. And this is kind of, you know, what this is. You know, and some of it you could say, well, you know, uh the government should be giving people the government was giving people a lot of money during the pandemic, you know, to try to make up for, you know, lost wages and, and everything else that was going on, um, which is part of the problem with, uh, you know, inflation now, because there was too much money to be spent. You know, money became cheap and you know, the, the interest rates were so low that uh, there was, you know, it, it, so but but at the end of the day, this is nobody's fault. This is just stuff. Crap happens and everything's happened at the wrong time, you know? So anyway, uh, that was, a, I got off on a tangent, but you know, again, this is just, you know, check on folks, make sure everybody's going to be okay. And, and, you know, and, and, and the whole air conditioning thing, we, we, you can't get technicians to do anything right now. Everybody is backed up because nobody was working for so long during the pandemic. And a lot of things, you know, were put on the side that people needed to get done. And now, uh, every with the pandemic, you know, 
way in our rearview mirror. I mean, obviously, the you know we're still dealing with COVID, but people are getting stuff done, and all the tradesmen, the electricians, the plumbers, the uh, HVAC people, they are slammed. And I called an electrician when we were going to get our hot tub. It took, you know, it, it, the appointments were two and three months out. It took seven months to get a hot tub. You know, that's a real world problem. Right? I, I'm, compl- I'm not complaining about getting a hot tub, but it's, it took seven months. It used to be you could go to the store and pick one up and bring it home. Well, you call an electrician and say, hey, I'll be there in a week. You know, now it's months to get an appointment. We've called an HVAC company here in the area. We've called them three times. We can't even get anybody to call us back. And they're supposed to be the best ones in the area. And there's nothing wrong with our AC. We just wanted to get a tune-up on it. You know, just we bought the house eight, nine months ago. We just want to make sure everything's good with it. We can't even get a call back. So, again, let's not, you know, we can't blame the president of the United States or the current governor or, you know, in your state. Or it, It's not their fault. It's just everything is happening at once, you know, and, and it just set off a perfect storm. So, okay, enough of that. Sorry. <laughs> I, it's what happens when you when you listen to this show. Sometimes I it's it. My wife calls it the squirrel factor. You know, it's like uh, you know you're doing you're, this from the old movie Ice Age. You know, you're doing something and and all of a sudden squirrel. That's pretty much what I do. Anyway, all right, let's get back to baseball from yesterday. So the Red Sox win, uh, and the Tampa Bay Rays win. They beat the New York Yankees yesterday five four. How about that? They had a 5-2 lead going into the ninth. Had to hold on for dear life, as uh, you know we often see. And the hero of this game, Isaac Paredes, for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, three home runs in this game. He went three for three with four runs batted in. He practically won this game by himself. Oh, and by the way, what happened after he hit his third home run? He got hit the next time up. Think that was on purpose? Of course it was on purpose. <laughs> he, uh, he took Nestor Cortez deep twice. Uh, and, uh, then he took, uh, I believe it was uh, Clark Schmidt deep. And, uh, then they bring in, uh, Marinaccio was, uh, came in to face him after that. And Marinaccio was the one that plunked him. Of course it was on purpose, but the Rays, uh, beat the Yankees. And how about the headline? I love the headline this morning in the Associated Press. It wasn't that, uh, it wasn't necessarily that the Rays won the game. The, the story was that the Yankees lose for just the third time in the last 20. And, you know, look, the Yankees are, you know, they have 50 wins. 50 wins. The Yankees are on pace right now to set the Major League Baseball single-season record for wins. Uh, And I believe it was set by the 1927 Yankees um, when they won 119 games. And the Yankees are on pace to beat that. Think about that for a minute. And I think it was, wasn't it the Seattle Mariners? I think they won 118 games, and then they got bounced out of the first round of the playoffs. Here's the deal. The Yankees, with the way they're playing, nothing less than a world championship is going to satisfy folks in New York, including Hal Steinbrenner, the owner. You know, and... You call this a hot take if you want, but I don't think it's really that big of a hot take. I think it's kind of a no-brainer. If they get to the playoffs and they don't get to the World Series, 
they have to at least get to the World Series. If they don't get to the series, Aaron Boone's going to lose his job. That's my. I would be shocked if he doesn't. Now, if they get to the series and they lose the series to the, to the Dodgers, who's a great team, or to the Mets, or to you know the, the the Padres, or whoever it happens to be, if they end up losing in the World Series, I think Aaron Boone will be fine. But if they don't get to the World Series, Aaron Boone's out of a job. Period. They've won 74% of their games. They're 50 and 18, 68 games in. That's insane. And by the way, not only are they, are they, uh, are they have 50 wins, their run differential, they are outscoring their opponents by 144 runs this season. They have scored 348 runs this season. The only team that has scored more runs than the uh, the Yankees, <laughs> the Mets, who have scored two more. But the Mets' run differential is is much less. It's only like 66. The only team that's got close to that for a run differential is the Dodgers at, at 120. But they're not just beating people. They're beating the ever-living crap out of them. The Yankees have lost just seven times at home all season. So, uh, you know, look. So the Rays win. And, and look, the Rays needed this game like nobody's business. They had lost, I think, five or – no, they had lost eight of their previous ten games. So, you know, they needed this win yesterday, and they need today's win. They need a series win. They need something to get themselves going. Uh, Shane Bowes is going to get the start for the Rays today in the series finale. He's 0-1 with a 5-4-0. Jordan Montgomery, who has been outstanding, 3-1 with a 2-7-2 ERA. Uh, how great has Montgomery been? He has allowed three runs or fewer in all 13 of his starts this year. So, uh, and, you know, the Rays have been having trouble uh, scoring runs. So, you know, they've still got Wander Franco down in the uh, uh, on the injured list. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer is on the injured list. Manuel Manuel Margot just went on the uh, injured list after getting hurt on Monday night. I mean, so this team is taking on water. Uh, Franco has started his uh, rehab. He's going to be at AAA Durham uh, Wednesday to Friday, and then they're going to reassess him. So he could be back with Tampa uh, by the weekend. And they need him desperately because their offense, I mean, thank God for Brady's last night because otherwise they do absolutely nothing in this game. So they'll have their hands full today, no question about that. Um, It looked like the Toronto Blue Jays were going to uh, pick up a win last night. Uh, The Chicago White Sox had a lead uh, and then blew it. The Toronto scored three runs in the eighth inning and uh, took the lead. And it looks like it looked like Toronto was going to end up winning this, uh, but Chicago does a great job in the uh, the ninth inning. They score a couple of runs off of Romano, who has been great for the Jays this year, coming out of the bullpen. Uh, so he blows the save, and uh, then we go to the tenth. But each team scores. Each team scores in the eleventh, uh, and then finally in the twelfth, it was Josh Harrison. Um, with a uh, game-winning single with two outs in the bottom of the 12th inning, and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays uh, end up losing this game 7-6. to 7-6. Six. Six. And, look, you know, th- again, this is a situation with Chicago now. They're at 500. They, they expected a lot more. And uh, the White Sox find themselves sitting in third place right now in the AL Central. But they're only three and a half back despite having such a miserable start. 
So they needed that one badly yesterday. Uh, Kevin Gaussman got the start for Toronto, pitched pretty well, only gave up a couple of runs in six innings. Dylan Cease was spectacular for Chicago. Obviously ends up getting a no decision, but if you're Chicago, you don't want to waste that start. He went six innings, uh, struck out 11. He only gave up one hit. He didn't give up a hit until the sixth inning with one out. Um, so, you know, look, and and this is also a Chicago White Sox bullpen right now that doesn't have Liam Hendricks, uh, their lights-out closer. Um, he threw on Monday. He's going to have another uh, uh, session, I think, today, and they're hoping to get him back soon. Eloy Jimenez is close to coming back for Chicago as well. He's got that torn hamstring tendon. Uh, he started a rehab at AAA Charlotte. Uh, matter of fact, he faced the uh, Red Sox AAA team yesterday. He got struck out by uh, Brian Balow, uh, who is by Talk about that. That's a young kid. Um, he'll be in the Red Sox rotation next year. Uh, you know, I was actually thinking about this uh, when they showed the highlight of him striking out Jimenez. You know, look, this kid uh, is so good. I have a feeling that the Red Sox are not going to try to re-sign Nate Evaldi. Evaldi's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. I wouldn't be surprised they let him go. And they may start going with this youth movement and bringing some of these young kids up. Of course, they still have a, a decision to make as far as Rich Hill, but I don't think they'll bring Rich Hill back, back either. Uh, but I think with what Winkowski's doing, Connor Siebold is coming back from an injury, what Brian Bayo is doing down there, I think that uh, we are going to see a youth movement in the Red Sox starting rotation uh, coming up here next year. Wouldn't surprise me uh, at all. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians win again yesterday. And again, you know, we talked about that. The Red Sox have that series coming up with them. Uh, in Cleveland this weekend. It was Andre Jimenez with an RBI single in the 11th inning, and they beat the Minnesota Twins 6-5. to five. Uh, The Guardians have uh, now moved into first place in the AL Central. How about that? You know, and this is a team nobody thought was going anywhere. And, again, I come back to Terry Francona, in my mind, is the best manager in baseball. This is a guy that consistently gets – the best out of his players. And if, and if you look up and down this lineup, you know, you don't see how they're doing what they're doing. You really don't. I mean, these are guys that, uh, look, they've got, uh, they've obviously got a few guys in this lineup that are pretty good. Jose Ramirez is great. Uh, you know, friend Mel Reyes has, has, has started to become a, a, a force, although he's hitting under 200, but you know, a guy that can leave the ballpark. But, you know, Ahmed Rosario, uh, they got this young kid, Quan, who's come up. What a story he's been. He had four hits in the game yesterday. Uh, you know, Josh Naylor kind of coming into his own a little bit, but uh, Jimenez hitting 300, and you're like, who? Andres Jimenez. I mean, so they've got a bunch of young kids that they're just getting the best out of. Aaron Savali came off the injured list yesterday. Uh, the kid from East Windsor, Connecticut, had uh, uh, only gave up a couple of runs in five innings. Uh, his best outing of the season struck out seven, only walked one. Bullpen has been great. Emmanuel Clays at the back end of that bullpen is ridiculous. He picked up his 16th save yesterday. Uh, but all the credit has to go to Terry Francona for what he has been able to do with this team. I, manager of the year. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, and I know we got a long way to go. But, man, this kid, this, this guy's unbelievable. And not only that, he's a great guy. Um, second game of the three-game series is today. Christian um, Tristan McKenzie will take the mound for Cleveland. Again, another guy, young kid, young pitcher, four and five, but a 2.960 array. It'll be Sonny Gray, who is having a hell of a resurgence with the Minnesota Twins, pitching to an ERA at 2.09. 2.09. So uh, uh, that should be a good one this afternoon. But the Cleveland Guardians, currently the first place team 
in the American League Central, and I guarantee you that nobody saw that coming. Got a long way to go, but nobody saw that coming. 48 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take another break. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 50 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, and uh, the uh, New York Mets lose yesterday, something that uh, has not happened an awful lot this year, obviously. But uh, they get uh, manhandled by the Houston Astros last night by a final of 8-2. to two. Um, This was a situation where Dusty Baker kind of made the right decision. He was planning on giving Jordan Alvarez the day off. Uh, he had a bit of a, he's got a bit of a problem with his hand, but Alvarez, you know, skip, I want to play. So he ended up putting him into the lineup last night and he ends up hitting a two run home run uh, in this game. Uh, Kyle Tucker also uh, with a big game had drove in three runs and uh, uh, they beat the Mets by a final of eight to two. Um, Williams got the start for the Mets, lasted four innings. Uh, Jose Arquiti got the start for Houston. One of his better starts of the season, only one run over six innings, lowered his ERA to 4.68. Uh, then the bullpen does a pretty good job, and uh, they take care of this one, winning it by a final of 8-2. to two. So the Houston Astros, uh, a 10-game lead now. A 10-game lead in the American League West. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is going to pitch for the Mets today. Luis Garcia um, will pitch for the Houston Astros. It's just a quick two-game series, uh, so that one will end tonight. Uh, I mentioned the 10-game lead for the Astros. They have a 10-game lead over the Texas Rangers, uh, who won yesterday. Uh, they also have an 11-game lead over the Los Angeles Angels. And we all know what a disaster they've been. It cost Joe Madden his job. Um, how bad have things been? For the Angels, you don't have to look any farther than the game last night. Shohei Otani last night hits two home runs and drives in eight. He goes three for four, two bombs, eight runs batted in, and they lose. (laughs) They lose to the lowly Kansas City Royals. I'm sorry, Eric Braun. uh, 12-11. The Royals sit in last place in the division, just 25 wins. They have the uh, they have the pleasure of having the third worst record in American League, or in uh, baseball, and they beat the Angels last night, 12 to 11, in an absolutely wild game. But if you're Shohei Otani, I mean, you got to be like, dude, I can't do everything, right? Uh, Mike Trout went 0 for last night. Now he's been hot as hell, but he goes 0 for four. But he did walk a couple of times. Uh, scored a couple of runs, but Otani uh, and Jared Walsh was great for the uh, for the Angels last night too. He was three for six, couple of runs batted in. He had a triple and a homer. I mean, what else? Shotani, Shohei Otani now with 15 homers on the season. Walsh has 13. I think Trout's got 18. But they are not getting any help from anywhere else. So the Angels will send Otani to the mound today and hope that he can pitch a shutout and drive in eight more runs, and maybe they'll have a chance to win this game. That's kind of where we've come to. It's like if Otani isn't doing everything, they don't have a chance. So uh, Shohei is 5-4 uh, and four with a 3-2-8 ERA. He will take the mound today uh, against Daniel Lynch, who is and 3-6 uh, with a 5.19 ERA. You would have to think advantage Angels, but, you know, it's just what a nightmare, you know. That's one of those things in 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 Los Angeles. You got to be what what else do we have to do? 
You know, I mean, they thought that they improved, they had improved their pitching staff a little bit, and they had, uh, but obviously not enough. But you know, and also having uh, Anthony Rendon get hurt, their third baseman who is now out for the rest of the season after having wrist surgery. Uh, this lineup just has too many holes, and the uh, the pitching staff just isn't there yet, and uh, there is no relief in sight uh, in Anaheim. So the Royals beat them last night. Uh, the Cardinals. With a big win last night, they bounce back to beat the Milwaukee Brewers 6-2. to two. They are now back in a tie for first place. And the Cardinals did it last night without having Paul Goldschmidt uh, in the lineup. Goldschmidt, who's having an MVP caliber year, uh, had some back tightness, so he took the night off. Uh, uh, Donovan was at first base last night. Yepes, uh, who hit a home run against the Red Sox over the weekend, uh, was the designated hitter. But... Uh, uh, Nolan Arenado with a couple of hits, but the story of this game uh, for the Cardinals, Nolan Gorman, this kid's been great. Uh, he went uh, four for four, two solo home runs. He drove in four runs last night, uh, and uh, both teams now at 39 and uh, 21 or 39 and 31. Gorman, since uh, being called up, has been great. You know, now he has struck out a lot. He has got 93 at bats, and he struck out 33 times. I get that. But this kid is showing why he's got a lot of potential. Now, he may have struck out 33 times, but the kid is also still hitting 280 uh, in 29 games with six bombs. Uh, this kid is here to stay, and I think he has announced that uh, he is going to be a future superstar for this uh, Cardinals team. Uh, Adam Wainwright will start for the Cardinals today uh, against Eric Lauer. It's a four-game series, so this is just game number three. So Lauer and Wainwright today, the series will conclude uh, on Thursday. Uh, the Diamondbacks... Uh, lose yesterday. The Padres beat him three to two. How about this wild game uh, in Atlanta last night? The Braves uh, lose to the San Francisco Giants twelve to ten. And uh, Mike Yastrzemski, who's been in a bit of a slump, uh, he had a two-run uh, double in the sixth inning. Jock Peterson, Austin wins, homers, and uh, the Giants beat the Atlanta Braves by a final of twelve to ten. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Don't forget, uh, no show uh, on Friday. I'm going to be heading back to Connecticut to finish up uh, closing up my mom's affairs. Um, so no show on Friday, no show on Monday, but we will be here tomorrow. So I hope you can join us. We leave you this morning with some music from the Oak Ridge Boys, uh, and I'm going to play this. Joe Bonzo, who was uh, one of the lead singers, uh, the tenor for the uh, Oak Ridge Boys. Uh, they had to pull out of a, or he had to pull out of a concert the other day. Uh, he's 75 and was uh, suffered uh, uh, from pulmonary embolisms, and uh, he could have uh, he could have died, but uh, they caught it in time. Uh, Rudy Gatlin from uh, the Gatlin Brothers is filling in for him right now during their concerts. But uh, we want to wish Joe Bonzo the best and uh, hope he gets best uh, better and uh, quickly gets back on stage for the Oak Ridge Boys. So a little Oak Ridge Boys music on our way out. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.